you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. first chapter, the gospel of John, not the epistle. We're going to begin in verse 1, and we're also going to read verse 14. When you have it, say amen. Good. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Very familiar portion of Scripture. We're going to skip all the way down to 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. Let's let's go into just a moment of prayer. I know we've already sang. I know the Holy Ghost has already moved. I've already felt the Holy Ghost in here tonight. But we just one more time, if we could pray that the Lord would prepare our minds for the hearing of the word. God, I pray that you would anoint our minds tonight to hear your word, Jesus. That this would not just be a word spoken into our mind that would just go out the other ear, God. But that we could look at it, Jesus. That we could retain it. That we could absorb it, Jesus. I pray that you would speak out of me, God, with power and demonstration. God, I know that your word will not come back void unto you, Jesus. But I pray that right now, God, that we would be open and accepting of what it is that you have to say to us tonight. Prepare my heart and my mind. Thank you, Jesus, for all you're going to do. Could we just one more time give the Lord a hand clap and give him some praise? Jesus, you may be seated. They can go ahead and put my, my title screen back behind me. My title tonight, What Would Jesus Preach? In talking to the Lord last Sunday before, but especially last Sunday, I sat down, I cut a chunk of time out, and I said, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to get my notes ready, I'm going to be prepared, and I sat down, and I began to talk to the Lord, and he, and I said, Jesus, what is it that you want me to say? And uh, to my, not delight, (laughs) not to my delight, he said, I'm not as interested in what you're going to say on Friday, as I am, is what you're going to do with this week. And that convicted me. And um, I, I meditated on that alone. And um, I talked with him all week long. And I, I don't take this moment lightly, guys. I, I don't. All you youth, all you parents, I don't take any of these moments lightly. You, you've cut a chunk of your time out. You've been here. It's for a reason. It's for a purpose. There's nothing that happens in the kingdom of God on accident. Every single person here, guest, 
or whether this is your millionth time here. This is ordained of the Lord. God knew you were going to be here. And he gave me this word, thankfully, knowing that you were going to be here. And I, I meditated it, I meditated on it all week long. And this is what he gave me. And I thought about what would Jesus preach? Jesus was a preacher. And, um, you know, we have some new faces in the house. So if you don't know what that means, let me just give you a quick explanation. So basically, more or less, it's what I'm doing right now, okay? I'm preaching. That's what that is. And so it may be in front of dozens of people. It may be in front of thousands of people. It may be in front of just a few. Sometimes it's on a street corner. Sometimes it's from a pulpit. Sometimes it's from uh, a living room when guests are in the house. It's talking in proclaiming the good news of salvation. It's teaching others in the way of righteousness, if that makes sense. It's diving into what's in this word and extrapolating out of that word and bringing that to life in a message. And so Jesus, that's what he did. He, he went all over the place. He would uh, go to synagogues. He went from town to town. A synagogue is just basically a Jewish church. He went from town to town. He went to the synagogues. And actually in all four gospels, the gospels are what tell the story of Jesus. In all four of those stories, you can find where he would go to the synagogues on the Sabbath, on Saturday, and he would begin to preach he would take the scrolls and he would open them up and he would read from the word of, of God and he would take that word and he would apply it and people would either accept it or reject it. That was up to the people, but his job was to go and to preach that word and you find him doing that in all four gospels. Jesus taught parables as well. Parables, that's just the story with a lesson, okay? And he, he taught those parables to the masses. He taught it to the few. He taught it to just the people that were following him around. But for three and a half years, he went around teaching and preaching, and he grew a following, and his fame went all throughout the land because of the words that he was saying. And it grew to the point where he one day found himself with such a large crowd that he could not even get to them all just with the sound of his voice. If I didn't have this microphone, I would have been able to get to them all with the sound of my voice, but he didn't have a microphone back then. So what he did is he went, he elevated himself up on a mountain. This is what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Has anybody ever heard of that? The Sermon on the Mount. And so he, he elevates himself up above everybody and he preaches to thousands of people. And for those of you who are familiar with this and know a little bit about what's going on here, those of you maybe that this isn't your first time, imagine there being thousands of believers, people that already believe what's going on. This was Jesus' general conference. This was Jesus' HYC he went to the Sermon on the Mount. There's thousands of people there ready and willing to hear what he has to say. Maybe not everybody's accepting, but for the most part, they are ready to hear from Jesus. And he's preaching this general conference, and it's, it's recorded in, in Matthew, I believe, chapter 6. And it's just it's this incredible piece of uh, artistry. It's beautiful. It, it goes from the Beatitudes into being the salt and the light of the earth and speaks these, these truisms and, and, and so many things in so many ways. And I promise you that if Jesus were preaching right now, he would be using a lot less words and getting a lot more information across, okay? And that's what he was doing in about a chapter. If you go to Matthew chapter 6 and read it, I think it's 6, maybe it's 5. If you go there and read it, man, there's so much truth, so much power, so much anointing that is coming out of just the few words that he's speaking. It's like it's like every time that I read it, and we actually did this the other day, me and Taryn, we sat in, uh, in line at HYC, and we would open up the Bible to a random piece of, random, random page. 
had no idea where we were going, just open it up, and boom, there was always, every single time, something that he and I could even recognize, that we had heard it preached, we had heard it taught, we had, there is so much in this word. And if you read through the Old Testament, there's so many messages, so many things that you can pull out of there. So many uh, truisms about life and about the future and about, uh, about uh, all of eternity that are, that are held within the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, it's kind of interesting that it takes a lot of times like three, four, five pages for you to really get one message across. Very seldomly can you really pull one verse, maybe in, maybe in Proverbs where's there, where there's the, uh, the verses of wisdom, but... Very seldomly can you find just one verse that you pull from, and there's so much power and anointing in it. But when Jesus would speak, just one word, just one, just one scripture that you find, and you know he didn't speak in scriptures, but we've broken it down into scriptures, and we just look at like a couple sentences. There's so much in there that you could preach all night long into tomorrow, into the next day. A lot of times just from one scripture, and it's incredible. And that's what I'm trying to do with this memorization. I'm going to get to that point where I can read these verses and preach from them and know what they mean and know their application. And you find that in the Sermon on the Mount. It's this incredible, incredible thing. But let me proclaim to you that the Sermon on the Mount, preached in front of thousands of believers, was not the greatest message that Jesus ever preached. There was another sermon preached on another mount. Oh, come on. There's a hill called Golgotha. And if you've been around this a little bit, you know what that is. There's a hill called Golgotha. And there's another mount where the fulfillment of salvation was made. It wasn't just the proclamation of the salvation of the Lord. But it was the word being made manifest. It was salvation becoming reality. It was the sermon of his life that was brought out. And it was spelled out on the pages of history. And now we can turn and look and say, there were thousands of people preaching with him, saying, yes, Jesus, at the Sermon on the Mount. And there were thousands, maybe hundreds, standing, looking up at Golgotha as Jesus stretched his arms wide. And he bled and died on a cross. And people spat at him. That was the greatest message that he ever preached. Jesus not only spoke the word, but the word was made manifest in him. For all you youngins, as I say, manifest just means it was made real. He spoke the word, and actually, we read back in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. The word has been established from the beginning of creation. But he not only spoke and proclaimed the word of the Lord. He not only opened up the Bible on Sunday. He not only told people what was going on in the Old Testament. But he said I am now the fulfillment of that word. And every prophecy that has come I will be that fulfillment. He was the word made flesh. Jesus time and again told his followers in seasons where they didn't understand most of the time. Most of the time they had no idea what it was that Jesus was doing. Oftentimes he would be taken and, you know, nearly killed. And they'd all of his followers, his disciples would be going, what's, what's happening? What? No, 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 no. And he'd say, no, 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 no. This must happen that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Oftentimes he had to tell his followers, I must do this or I must do that. Jesus continually throughout his 
ministry fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. Luke chapter 4 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And this is Jesus reading this, actually. He's in the synagogue, like I said. He's reading this. He says, this is a section, actually, he's reading out of the book of Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, and record of sight to the blind, restore sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then Jesus sits down. Because what you don't understand is that that portion of scripture wasn't done. They would have continued on into the day of vengeance. But Jesus sits down and he kind of stops it right in the middle. And he says, in your ears this day is the scripture fulfilled. Here right now, I am here to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance has not yet come. And Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecy in that moment, and he is today. Jesus also speaking said, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or tittle, one small thing. There's no small thing shall pass from the law till all be fulfilled. The greatest message ever preached by Jesus was the fulfillment of his calling on the cross. Can I get an amen? Come on, do we believe that right now? Do we know what the power of the cross holds? Man, there is so much power in that story. Let me, let me make this real to you today. This is a man that does not deserve any of what he is getting. Every person under the sound of my voice, including myself, have committed sins in our lives, we have earned the wages of sin, which is death, but not Jesus. You have Jesus, a perfect man, Jesus who came to the world, born through a virgin, born into this world to bring deliverance to to the sin of this world, but he, he doesn't deserve any of this, but yet he submitted, man, is it not interesting that the, is it not interesting that the, the mode of this world is promotion? is increase, is, is look at me, let me be big, let me be the center of attention. I want to be the big basketball star. I want to be the next music, music star, American Idol. I remember that from when I was a kid, and it, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's gotten bigger. There's more of them. There's the X Factor. There's, there's uh, America's Got Talent. There's all these things that's about me, about me, about me, about my money, about my bank account, about everything that's happening in my life. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, to the point where even normal, regular people can have social media where if you can't somebody can't get somebody to give you media for you, well, go. I'll just go ahead and step in and let media be mine. I'll let pride be my life. I'll let lifting myself up be who I am. That's that's going to be who I want. Uh, when we sit and we think this world anyway, when we sit and we think about what it is that I want to be, we craft this incredible image of pride. We put it for display to all the world, and it's become a drug to this generation. It has. And it sounds a whole lot like I will ascend above the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. When you look at my pictures, you're not going to see anything but perfection. When you look at what I'm doing, you're not going to see anything but perfection. When I show you my money, I'm going to show you all my money so you can think that I'm something that I'm not. I'm going to ascend above the clouds. And if you don't know what that portion of scripture is saying, what it is, is that's what the devil was saying at the beginning of creation. Right before his fall, he said, I will ascend above the clouds. 
I will make myself like unto the Most High. I'm going to make myself like God. He wanted to worship himself. And I, I'm sorry. If this is a little hard for you right now, maybe we need to wake up a little. But too often do we make ourselves the gods in our lives. Too often do we set up a shrine to the idol of ourselves in our rooms. And we spend nothing but time on me, on me, on me, on me, on me. Because we think that might be the way to get better, to get, get fulfillment. But Jesus, who was already on the throne, said, I'm not going to lift myself up. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to manifest into a man in the world, not known of the world, all-powerful, coming unto his own. His own didn't even know he had come. Born in a little town called Bethlehem. Raised up in a little town called Frankfurt. I'm not interested in how big I can be, but I'm interested in how small I can be so that I can touch every single one. Come on, when I go to HYC, I'm not interested in talking to the preacher. Now, he's a good man, and they're awesome, and I love him, and God bless him, and I want them to do everything that they can do, and I want to be like him. But what I want to do is be right down by the kid that needs the Holy Ghost. Be right over here with this kid that needs a friend. Be right here praying with this girl that needs a, that needs a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost because I'm not interested in how big I can be, but I'm interested in how small I can make myself, how low I can make myself, to make myself like Jesus. I had a bit of a revelation. Thank you. You can be seated. says he was in the world, the world knew him not, and the world was made by him. Jesus, the God of creation, carried his cross from the court. Anybody know what that cross represents? It's the burden of salvation. Jesus in the court, sentenced to death, traded for a murderer. Say, we'll take the murderer, but we'll take Barabbas. Give us Jesus to crucify on the cross. He's carrying this weight, this burden of sin, this cross of redemption. He's carrying it from the courthouse. And I don't know if any of you here at our Christmas program have a big giant cross. I don't know how big your crosses were back then, but I guarantee you they weren't like um, done a little bit of construction in my life. Those crosses, they're not, they're not easy. <laughs> you know, lumber is not easy to carry. Give you a couple two by fours and some cut wood. This cross made of wood, made of trees. Some of you in there already know what the cross looks like. If you can see, I'll put one in there. <laughs> Probably couldn't see it very well, Sean. The cross, it's this heavy thing, this burden. And he had to carry it on his shoulder through the streets. People are spitting at him, laughing at him. He's moving along and he's being guided and whipped and beaten by family members. And he's taking this cross, he's carrying it through the streets. And at some point, the Bible doesn't say when, 
Kasumi in like 640 verses 20. But at some point, Jesus comes across a man named Simon. this man named Simon. Simon then was chosen, not of his own will, to carry the cross from where Jesus was all the way to Calvary. Some of you are probably sitting there thinking, am I ever saved? Am I ever saved? We'll see here in a little bit. Simon, a man that just in the crowd, maybe not of his, you know, I highly doubt Simon woke up that morning and walked uh, the streets and went, uh, sure, I'm carrying Jesus' cross today. I doubt he did. I doubt he had any idea that he was getting ready to be called on to carry the cross. When you cross, when you cross paths with Jesus, he extends an invitation for you to take part in the fulfillment of his plan. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, you can look it up, I did the research. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus was too weak. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus was not strong enough. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus was too broken, that he was too tired. Jesus had every ability within himself to carry that cross all the way to Calvary. But he came, he came across a man named Simon, who said, I, and he said, I want him to take part. I want to hand my cross. I want to hand this burden off to Simon and see if he will take that cross all the way to Calvary for me. Come on, I don't know if anybody sees where this going, where this is going, but I want you to know that when you come across Jesus, he says, what I'm doing right now, the burden that I am bearing is not for me and for me alone, but it is for you to pick up, for you to carry for me and with me all the way to the mountain, all the way to where I can be the redeeming power, where I can be the saving power, but I want you to take part. Jesus is strong enough to do this on its own. He doesn't need you, but he wants you. Jesus needs you. He wants you to step out. He's saying, please, step out. Join, take part. Become the fulfillment of prophecy alongside me. Jesus could be preaching this message today. But if Jesus could be preaching this message, what would be in your thoughts? Are you saying, are you going you gonna to tell me about all the prophecies? Are you going to tell me about all the Old Testament stuff? Are you going to tell me about all the things that could be done? Are you going to sit here and talk to me? Are you going to sit here and look at me and say, man, Jesus, there's so many things that are going on in here. And I'm so glad I know who you are. I'm so glad I know what's going on. Are you going to sit here and are you going to talk to me or are you going to take your cross up? Let me connect the dots for you for a second. The 
apostolic church. You can be seated. The apostolic church. Thank you for standing. Thank you for the support. The apostolic church, which is what we call ourselves, that word apostolic comes from apostolate-like, like the apostles. Jesus spent four gospels. He spent Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John telling of who he was. But at the end of each gospel, Jesus proclaims unto them, Go ye therefore into all the world, teaching and preaching and baptizing. Come on, I, I, I don't know if anybody else feels the weight and the burden of their cross today. But I believe right now in this room, Jesus, if he were standing here, he'd be saying, Go ye therefore. I know I brought the cross to Calvary, but I have come and placed the rest of this on you. There was a book of Acts after each one of the Gospels. There was a book of Acts, of actions, of the doing. I wish we could, could get a youth group that would stand up and say, I'm tired of just knowing God. I'm tired of just knowing of his name, of just knowing who he is, of just knowing about the cross. I'm just feeling the blood, but I'm going to pick up my cross, and I'm going to go after it. We have schools that we need to reach. We have people that need Bible studies. We have people that need baptism, and we're going to have one baptized at the end of tonight's service, and that's awesome, and I'm excited, but this ought to be something that happens every week, week in and week out. I didn't put a P7 video in here just for fluff, just for fun, but I put it in here because I want you guys to pick up the burden. Pick it up. Run with it. Stop being satisfied with knowing. Stop being satisfied with the word and make it flesh. Make the word flesh. Make it real. Make it real in your life. I'm about done. The music can come. Jesus is a man of his word. He is. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, so shall my word be. That goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. When he speaks, it happens. When Jesus speaks, it happens. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the plan. In the beginning was the purpose. That word logos. Okay, we talked about it. The New Testament's Greek. That word logos means the plan of God. From the very beginning of the foundation of all of creation, there was the plan of God. Jesus was the perfect fulfillment of that plan. It was not an accident that he hung up his cross like the sun. It was no accident that Jesus, after coming back glorified with all power in his hand, now I must die. Here it is. Here's the cross. I'm coming to a close. You all can stand with me. He said, I've got a whole book of Acts planned. I've got thousands of people receiving the Holy Ghost. I've got hundreds of miracles. Things you would never see people do, giving their houses away, giving all their money away, giving everything away to the church. Not so the church could be rich, but so that the church could reach the lost. Come on, that's why we that's why we do MPM. That's why we take part in all these programs and do what we're doing. It's not so that we can make some number, have some black badge at HYC, 
not interested in drawing a crowd to draw a crowd. If we fill this house with young people and not one of them learns, not one of them receives, not one of them grows, we've done nothing. If we have to build new buildings, if we have to have sound systems and everything else, if we have to have all that, and nobody has a life-changing experience with God, we've done nothing. One day, the Lord wills it, and I, I don't know, me or one of these students, one of the guys in our ministry staff, they preach in HYC, they preach in a big conference, and there's thousands and thousands of people that hear their voice, and not one of those young people is changed. We've done nothing. I want all 32. I've got 32 of you right now, and if I can get all 32 of you to pick up your cross, follow after Jesus to hide this word in your heart to make this yours I'll have done more than preach to thousands if I can pick my cross up daily day in and day out I'll have done more than preach this message right here what is the sermon on the mount without Calvary what are the gospels without the book of Acts in the day of Pentecost what is the book of Acts 
without the 21st century revival church, revival generation that says, I'm not satisfied with the tithe of my generation. Just one of 10 sticking with it. But every single one of us are going to take hold of our cross and carry it, bear it on my shoulder, take it to Calvary. These altars are open if you feel that unction, if you feel that call. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's okay. Step forward too. What I want every single person in here to get is when you have an encounter with Jesus, when you feel Jesus, he never leaves that encounter without an invitation. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, now is your time to work. Hello. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, now is your time to work. all we can do, let's fast, let's pray, but let's get out there, let's get into our schools, let's open up our mouths, let's start a P7 club, let's get filled with the Holy Ghost, let's get some of our friends into this church, thank you Taryn, you did an awesome job, thank you guys for being here, but let's get something going, let's get something moving, let's have an anointing and a power that would break out in your life, because you would say, I'll humble myself, I'll lower myself, it's all about you From my heart to the heavens Jesus be the center It's all about you Yes, it's all about you From my heart to the heavens Jesus be the center It's all about it's all about you from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about it's all about you from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about it's all about you From my heart to the heavens Jesus be the center It's all about you Yes, it's all about you From my heart to the heavens Jesus be the center It's all about
Lift your hands up right now to the Lord. Come on, lift your hands and sing it out. From my heart to the... Come on, sing. Jesus, be the Savior. 
make that your prayer tonight. Come on, make it your prayer. Hallelujah. My heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. It's all about you from my heart. Jesus be the center. you just link up with your neighbor right now and pray for them all over this house? Why don't you find someone to pray with right now? Come on, we need to live this life. We need to preach what Jesus would preach. We need to be that godly example.
Would you thank the Lord for the word that we heard tonight? Hallelujah. Come on, let's thank the Lord together. We worship you. We worship you. We have one that's going to be baptized tonight in Jesus' name. We thank the Lord.